Hey everyone, hope you're doing well and thanks so much for tuning in to this mini episode. In our last full-length podcast, we had a blast chatting with leadership coach and psychologist Gaj Ravi Chandra on all things personal and professional development, the values that drive our career choices, and how Eastern and Western cultures navigate those things differently. We actually recorded with Gaj for a lot longer than yeah, we anticipated. much longer. Uh, so we saved part of that conversation for this mini episode. Yeah. Um, before we recorded with him, we did a call out on our Instagram to get our listeners to share any career-related thoughts or challenges they were currently working through Mm -hmm. so we could get Gudge's take on them. So in the first part of this mini episode, we'll hear Gudge's responses to those questions. And in the second part, we'll reflect on an activity Gudge shared with us to do. Gudge actually mentioned this activity in the full-length podcast and we'll share the details on how you can do the assessment yourself as well. Mm -hmm. Enjoy. So Gadge, we recorded an episode with you, a full episode, and we probably spent about an hour and a half recording and we still didn't get through everything. So we wanted to do a little mini episode because we put out a shout out on our Instagram and asked our listeners to share any career related questions that they've got so we can pick your brain and get your expert advice on those. So we really wanted to include that in. So if you don't mind, I will fire off with the first question. Sure. Is it worth staying at a large company for a long time, going up the corporate ladder or moving companies every two years? Good question. Yeah, that is a good question. So it really depends on the medium to longer game Mm. and what you're trying to achieve. So if there are some certain skills or knowledge that you're trying to gain as a result of that, perhaps there's some branding that you want to get from that experience. That could be really helpful for you to move and to capture that knowledge and experience, particularly if your current organization is not willing to do that. Typically, if you're moving from a larger organization to a smaller organization, the breadth and the depth of your experience is going to be greater. Mm. You're asked to do more things, right? So if the view is then to learn those things and then to be able to take it away, perhaps to set up your own consultancy or advisory or company, then that can be really helpful. Mm. So thinking a little bit about the medium to longer term is going to help you to work backwards and guide you in terms of what's the purpose of this Mm. and linking it back to passion, values and motivators will make sure that there's a good fit as well, right? And that gives you a better chance of being fulfilled and happy and productive Mm. in those other opportunities. Mm -hmm. That's great. Um, The next question was, what impact will technology have moving forward when it comes to professional careers? Yeah, technology is going to play a massive role. And so one of the key things to think about is where there are jobs that have a relational requirement, right? You've got to talk to another person. Those jobs are probably going to still be in demand, Mm. right, as we move forward. Where they can be automated, you might need to think about how that's going to change, right? Even when you think about trading at the moment, you know, there are Mm. traders out there working for banks. They're already being replaced, by some of the fast trading algorithms that are out there in the market. And so you're going to find jobs that might have been in high demand even two years ago shifting. And so Mm. reading reports from some of these organisations and institutions are going to be helpful in terms of being able to predict also what kind of jobs are in demand, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, This is actually something you mentioned at the beginning of our long episode about how you had many mentors. So this Mm. question's about how do I go about getting a mentor in a different industry? How can I reach out and show interest? Mm. I think we're all very fortunate these days that we've got access to networks. And, you know, there's this wonderful statistic, right, that says for every direct contact we have, we have 215 direct contacts. Mm. So it doesn't take much for us to be able to branch out and find people. 
So if you've identified a few people, looking at how you can get access to them through your contacts and relationships, usually two to three degrees of separation, Mm -hmm. to be honest. So that just requires a bunch of introductions, right? And so there's a push and a pull on this. The push is that you go out and you go and find these contacts. The pull is, well, why would that person be interested in talking to you? So if you start putting out information to the world that is interesting, don't be afraid to tag them, right? There is no rule around who you can tag in your posts, right? It doesn't exist yet. Maybe some ethics committee is going to put that down later on. But right now, tag whoever you want, right, as part of the process. Start to gain attention. Start getting top of mind Mm. to the people that you want to be in front of. Yeah. And so using the push and the pull to get in front of these mentors is going to be really helpful. Mm. Love that. Um, what other soft skills you find employers value the most but many employees fail to have? So that creativity and risk management piece is really important. So a lot of things are becoming automated and what we are really required as people to do is to think beyond an automated mindset. Mm. And so that requires us to think differently to think creatively, to take some risks in what we do. So if we're turning up to work each week and we're kind of just following the process, I would question my value and worth to the business. Mm. So what am I actually doing that is perhaps changing things, that is impacting people differently? And am I I supporting people through that change as well that needs to happen? I think would be important to take on. Mm. Yeah, great. Yeah. How can I start my career development journey without taking a huge chunk of time or resources from my personal life? Hmm. So a few things that are probably going to be important is you can gain these experiences through multiple ways. You know, Mm. thinking about where you want to end up, you know, two to three, four years time is going to be helpful as a starting point. And then looking at the hard and soft skills that are going to help you to do that. There might be some technical things that you need to gain knowledge in researching where you might gain that from. So, for example, there's, you know, Coursera, Udemy, Mm -hmm. lots of platforms that are out there that, you know, world-class institutions make available. You know, I just started this machine learning program from Stanford. My head is exploding (laughs) trying to work through some of the formulas on that. Yeah. Um, But it's really fascinating, right? And this is Mm -hmm. one of the ways the world is moving forward on things. So I think thinking through, you know, where the world is going, what skills, hard and soft, do I need to learn through that process? And also understanding how do I learn? We all learn differently. Mm. So to think that I'm going to read a textbook, right? Mm. And I've got ants in my pants, right? So I don't like to sit down. And thank God the Pomodoro method came out. I got to do 25 <laughs> yeah. minutes and get up, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that normalized. I was ahead of my time, I think. Um, <laughs> but I think the reality is that that is a way for certain people to learn. Mm. So maybe sitting in a lecture for extended periods of time is not great. Whereas if I can turn on and off an online program, yeah. that might be helpful. If I can sit down in front of a mentor and learn through watching what they are doing, maybe that's going to be something that is mm. more impactful for me. Do I need to watch some TED videos? Right? What are the things that are going to be actually giving me the knowledge that I need? So having awareness, what is my learning strategy and my approach? What are the things that I need to actually be focusing on in terms of my end goals around three to four years? And then putting together a list of those resources can be helpful. Get a career coach. They can help support you. You don't mm. have to do this by yourself, right? There are actually people out there that do this for a living. Yeah. Mm. Love yeah. that. Um, we had a few more, but we don't want to take any more of your time. <laughs> uh, just the last one that I'll leave you with. Mm. That question was, who are you inspired by and who do you look up to? Um, I look up to lots of people and across the breadth. So it's not necessarily one particular field. 
you know, a couple of my first bosses that I loved to death who kind of gave me chances and took risks on me, I think were really important. My grandmother, um, mm. who I think really taught me the power of empathy and why that was so important and this sense of responsibility that's been instilled in me for a long time. Um, and I think a lot of what I do is actually to promote the lessons that I've learned through her. Mm. The other sort of component to that is there are lots of people through social media who are clowns. There are some who are actually <laughs> legitimate yeah. right, in what they do and they're very authentic to who they are. And I think starting to follow a few of these people and they're just micro-learning opportunities that mm. we get each day, I think are wonderful triggers for our mind that can help us as well. So some mentors I've never met before, um, mm. a number of them I've got deep relationships with. Yeah, mm. And those videos where you get those micro-learnings in digestible sound bites mm. are things that you do as well. Mm. So um, we'll put all the links to your content in the show notes so our listeners can follow along. Mm. Right, thank you. They can watch the horror that is my life unfolding. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Thank you again. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. I absolutely loved Gudge's take on these questions because yeah. it's stuff that we've all probably pondered on, it, particularly sure. with everything that's changing at the moment. Um, and at the beginning of our mini episode, we mentioned that Gadge spoke about a values and motivations questionnaire in our previous full episode with him. Then mm-hmm. and I actually did that questionnaire ourselves and we're lucky enough to get more of Gadge's time to actually review that questionnaire. And to basically summarize the process, mm-hmm. there are four steps. So in the first step, you basically go through a list of key values and motivators and rate which you consider as very important, important, or not important to yourself. And there's a description for what each of those values and motivators mean. Then you make a list of all these values and motivators that you marked as very important. And then you refine down to your top eight, which is not easy, (laughs) if you ask me. And then you finally rank these top eight and reflect on whether your current professional or personal life actually gives you the opportunities to prioritize these top eight values. And like I said, we went through our results from the activity with Gadge and got some really awesome insights on how we can try to connect the dots a little bit more between what we value the most with our careers. We'll keep the details of those reflections to ourselves. What we wanted to share, what we discovered about our top eight values and motivators and the advice Gadge gave us with regards to them. And yeah, just before we share that, because I'm actually really keen to see if what I assume your key values are, Romy, mm-hmm. are aligned with what they actually are. Yeah. Let me see how well I know you. Okay. Um, but Gudge <laughs> was kind enough to open up the assessment to our listeners. So we dropped a link in the show notes so you can complete the activity too. And a massive shout out to Gudge for sharing this resource with us Absolutely. and our listeners and for his time in taking us through it. Um, so Romy, what were your top eight values and what did you learn from the task? All right. My top eight, do you want me to do it in order or not in order? Yeah, give it to me in order. In order. Okay, so this is what I had. I had family as number mm-hmm. one, then excitement, Yep. then healthy, helping others. Okay. Um, and then I had learning. Number six was challenging problems. Number seven was creativity. And number eight was autonomy. Give it to me one more time. It was family, excitement, yep. healthy, helping others learning, challenging problems, creativity, and autonomy. Now you have to say them back to me in order of one to eight. No, I'm kidding. I can remember like two of them. <laughs> There's only, only been two that overlap between really? mine and yours. But yeah, nothing mm. surprises me. I think it's just the order of how you rank them, which 
I'm a little surprised by. I was a bit like I struggled ranking them to be honest. Yeah. I was like kind of unsure. I feel like some of them probably overlap a little bit, but I guess for the activity's sake, I did try to rank them, but it was difficult to. Yeah, and I guess um, something that Gudge mentioned to us was that sometimes those top eight can kind of shuffle depending where you're at in life and what's going on at the moment. Mm. Do you feel like there's any reason why this list is the way it is in this point in your life at the moment? Yeah, potentially. I feel like some of the top ones like family and healthy are probably up there at the moment because that's something that I've been thinking about for some time now. And I've mentioned on the podcast before as well about how I'm probably not looking after my health as much as I should be, Um, maybe not spending time with family as much as I should because, yeah, it's just crazy hours with everything else. So maybe because that's been front of mind for me for a little while now, Mm. those are in my sort of top three, both of those. But at the same time... I know, I remember Gadge was saying that, um, what did he say? You should typically do these like every six months or no, one I think year said, or something like that. I, I, think. I think what he said was that generally speaking, the assessments last for like two to three years. Two to three That's years. like the window yeah. of yeah. of like being relatively accurate unless something like really drastic happens in your life mm. in that period for those values or motivators to change it that way. Yeah, interesting. Well, yeah, I felt like when I was doing this, because it was the first time I'd done something like this, that maybe those two are at the top because they're front of mind right now. But I'd be interested to see maybe in like three years if they'll still be at the top, Mm. you know? So that would, I guess, be like more of a testament to whether these are like consistent values and motivators for me or if this is more of a present thing because of my frame of mind and what I've been thinking of. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Maybe another question is, do you think that because like you said, you haven't been getting these things as much as you'd want to, you're realizing the value of them now that you're not having Mm. it as present in your life? Yeah, I think so. Because I think sometimes you take things for granted a little bit, particularly when certain things are already part of your day to day. Like for example, healthy maybe is not something that I would have put on here two, three years ago because I was a lot more physically fit. I was going to the gym a lot more, whatever. And then, you know, pandemic kind of screwed my pattern up a little bit Mm. as it did for a lot of people. But, you know, it's something that I need to get back into. So maybe back then it was like a given for me. So it's not something that I had to actively seek Whereas now it's like something that I need to actively think about and hence has ended up in my ranking. Yeah. Um, but I feel like only like family and healthy might fall into that bracket for me right. because it's a very front of mine. Whereas the rest of the things I think I'm getting from either podcast or my actual like nine to five job. Got you. Yeah. Like I said, I don't think there's anything that really surprised me from your list. I think it was more so the order of it. Mm. Actually, maybe there were a couple that did surprise me, mm. but like, yeah, not anything crazy new um for me the ones that overlapped between yours and yeah mine i was about to ask were helping others and family mm-hmm. so my order goes helping others family friendship stability artistic creativity helping society community and knowledge mm. in that order okay so something that i reflected on with gaj yep. speaking to my previous role because i just started in a new job I wasn't getting those things in my nine to five. Mm-hmm. And maybe one of the reasons why I wasn't pursuing that is because stability is also a key value that I had in my list. Yeah. And what my day job gave me was stability right? without having to rock the boat with COVID and other stuff going on mm. where I didn't need to disrupt the flow of things to pursue something that might have been a little bit more of a leap. 
And then the podcast, which is how I spend my time outside of mm-hmm. working hours, mm-hmm. is what fulfills the other boxes of, you know, artistic creativity, yeah. community, things of that nature. So I think um, something that I reflected on with Gudge, and uh, he helped me see it a little more clearly, is that mm-hmm. it can be a good guide by doing this assessment to understand what your key values and motivators are. So you can take the steps to get to a place where you are getting more fulfillment with the mm-hmm. values that you have. Interesting. So do you feel like most of the eight... Say for your previous role, for example, most of the eight weren't being fulfilled at all. Yeah, I think so. I think Mm. stability is number four on my list. But Mm -hmm. I think if I put my ego aside, then stability might be a bit higher because generally I like to know what to expect Mm -hmm. and minimize that uncertainty. Mm. So I guess maybe I stayed longer in that role than I should have because it ticked that box. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. But then I guess it's too soon in your current role for you to be able to tell which of these are being fulfilled, I guess. But it would be interesting to compare the two since you've had that experience and you've kind of done this questionnaire amongst like just starting a new job. So the previous roles Mm. factors are still very like fresh in your mind, I guess. And then now you've got this new one. So it'd be interesting for you to look back on what you put as your top eight in like six months or a year and see how much of these are getting fulfilled by your current role as well. And the other thing is as well, like I think you can have stability and the other things in the same role. Like I think you don't have to forego stability to not have the rest of it. Like I don't think it's a trade-off. Like I feel like if you do find something that fits things perfectly for you, and I don't know how realistic it is that all of these will be ticked off in the one thing, which is I think the valuable to having our podcast because all and doing other things, like different things are filling your cup. But obviously, like from reflecting with Gaj as well, like as many things of these that can be fulfilled, the better, obviously, when you are spending so much of your time at your nine to five day job. But I don't think like stability is necessarily a trade off for the rest of it. Maybe it's just a matter of like finding that role that is stable, but also fulfills some of the other factors for you. That's a good point, because I guess the purpose of this is understand what your values and motivators are and then understand how your time is being spent to fulfill those values and motivators. Mm. But aligning how you spend your time with these values and motivators is ultimately what drives our happiness and satisfaction Mm. with Mm. the life that we live. So, yeah, I think it's a really good um, assessment to do. We recommend all of our listeners check it out as well. The link will be to that in the show notes. And I guess, yeah, our summary of it was very top level. Gudge took us through a more in-depth analysis of what might be driving those values and how we can apply it to our professions and our day-to-day lives as well. One thing that I will add that Gudge said as well is um, do this questionnaire with like your business partner or your life partner, like just with people around you and see if these things align and even if they don't they don't necessarily have to I mean Seven and I are basically business partners at this point and only two of our values overlapped which is not necessarily like a good or bad thing but it's a good way of understanding each other as well and like I'm really interested to do this with my boyfriend and see what his values and motivators are and where and where it doesn't align with mine um, and I think that could also be a good exercise for you to do as you're doing this questionnaire, share it with people around you and see if it's a way for you to understand those around you a little better as well. Yeah, for sure. And I guess um, we're all going to view these values and motivators slightly differently as well. So it's always mm. going to be some deviation yeah. in how we define it and how we see it as well. Yeah. So if you haven't checked out our full podcast with Gudge, make sure to go back mm-hmm. and check that out. And in the meantime, we'll see you next week. Catch you then.